Shem Shechem Beis, Volume 1, page 29, Chapter 19. We're in the middle of Discourse Number 5. And, Shlach. Uh, Friedrich Rebbe's summary for this discourse, which is usually taken as Cholas meaning like the content of the beginning of the discourse, so you can't say it's a summary of the whole thing, is that that the ten hidden spheres are blend in or are submerged, sublimated because of their lack of um, substance. So in chapter 18, in the, in the continuing discussion here of um, the fact that also energy, not just container, that energy also have some form of particles, some abstract type of form, not quite obviously like the form of uh, containers, identity of containers, chesed Buddha, but to say they're completely formless, also not. So we talked about eris of atzilus. So then he moved to the to the root of the eris. If they're that way in atzilus, so you have to say their root which is the Esospheres Agnusis, the ten hidden spheres, which is the root of the Kav, which is the root of the energy, also in its source has some soul. That means Esospheres Agnusis. It's ten spheres, it's not eleven. And it's not unlimited, as we learned. There's unlimited amount of spheres, and then there's a level where there's no spheres altogether. So based on that principle that energy has in it some form, in even the most subtle, subtle fashion, so in chapter 18, he explained with that the Eitz Chaim. Eitz Chaim's consideration in the question, why was the Tzimtzum such that it only, that, 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 that had, had to conceal everything? Why couldn't it just leave? Because it could have concealed the infinite light and energy and just left the Kav. It would leave everything but the Kav, which is a, th- a narrow ray of light. The question, of course, is how could that possible? Leaving an hour later, well, that wouldn't have helped the situation. You know, the whole point of the symptom is the concealment. But based on the fact that the energy, even before the symptom, already has in it some, some distinction, meaning while it's, while it's, before it's, there's no symptom at all in the era Bligvul, then, uh, then the power of that energy cannot emerge. Like the containers can emerge. But if you do conceal the infinite, which has infinite spheres or no spheres at all, then, so there's a, then, then well, why not? The Kav has already something that allows room for existence. It won't obliterate it all. So that's the consideration. That's why it's a question, because the Kav has. If the Kav did not, if the Kav was bleakful, then there wouldn't be such, how could you even consider that? The Kav is just another, another extension of the energy that's infinite. So it has to be completely concealed. And the answer, of course, is that though the Kav has that, meaning in the root, the ten spheres, the hidden spheres, but the containers, the symptom is not for that energy, the symptom is for the containers. Which we, what do we derive from that? That the symptom had two different impacts. For the containers, it needed complete concealment, including Eir HaGvul. Even the ten spheres of Gnuzis also had to be concealed for the container purposes. But for the Kav, you could say the same symptom only created a diminishing, not a total uh, black hole, so to speak. So we're saying that that's according to so-called the opinion with which this Hemshech is discussing, that the Eir HaKav, the root of it, is 
in in Eiragvul, in ten hidden spheres. And the parentheses he added, and I wrote up a whole little piece of footnote because of some of these little complications here. I couldn't figure out because he starts the parentheses here before in chapter eight. It says that Simpson is primarily because of containers, not for the energy. And then it goes on that that's according to the Shita, second opinion that the Kav is from the infinite energy. I went back there. I don't. I'm, I'm not clear why he's concluding it that way. But that's not. That, that's not relevant right now. I wrote it up. Everyone can comment. That's because I, you know, you know, and it's also not clear the whole opening the parentheses. But one thing is for sure: it's clear in the parentheses that according to the other opinion, meaning the opinion that the Kav is rooted in infinite light, for then the Deitz Chaim's question would not be valid. And therefore, the symptom is actually equal for the containers and for the energy. They both have, but they both need to, they, in, in, in other words, for the kav to emerge as a kav, and for the containers emerge, you need a total concealment. Whereas according to the opinion that this Amshach is going with, because the kav, even in its root, is, is, is uh, 10 hidden spheres, the symptom has a different type of impact on it than it has on the, on the infinite light. Basically, is it the same or not? That depends, obviously, on the opinion. If it's the infinite light, it definitely has to be completely concealed. If the carve, if the carve is rooted in the finite light, meaning in the ten hidden spheres, there's a diminishing, not a complete, what he calls a complete diluk. Yes, vacus, as he puts it. Uh, the way he says in the beginning is just uh, from Zunda Gula Kav. Yeah? That's no, but I'm saying I'm looking If, according to the opinion that the, that the, the, that it's rooted in infinite light and infinite has to be completely concealed, you can't call the kav a revealing of the hidden. That's a yesh ma'ayin, like the containers. If the kav, however, is rooted in the ten hidden spheres, so he asks, so how is it called yesh hagili The answer is because the symptom is not complete in its impact on the. It's only mute. That's the question. B'shvil kav is mute, and in order for the bligvul. It's derech siluk. Siluk means complete concealment. Derech means a diminishing of. So the same symptom is having two different impacts on the on the infinite light and the finite light. And obviously, for the containers, the containers need a complete symptom no matter what. But for the kav, the, so the containers are yeshmayin compared to four, because even the ira kav cannot remain because of the containers. Because that's the answer in the time. So in other words. The kav itself reveals chazavahir, meaning it's it's after the total concealment chazav it repeat it returns. Returning means it was there already before. I mean, the, 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 as he's medayik, returning means something new. You can't say the kalim returned. There were no kalim before. There was the root of it, the kayachagvul, but but there's no. You can't call it returning. Here, it's at the end of the day, it's a ray of light, so it has and it's connected, attached to its source. And in its source, 
it, it also is also a finite type of light, so to speak, potentially finite. And as such, the kav, the the, the tzimtzum does not, uh, does not. You don't say the kav is a new entity. You're saying it's returning. Obviously, now it's returning in the proper way because the kalim needed the complete tzimtzum in the diminished state. Let's put it this way: if there were no kalim, the kav to be a kav would be fine to be diminished. We wouldn't need the, the total sudi, as Eschayim answers. Is that clear? But it also carries with it the infinite. A little bit. They can get that, they can get it off. Well, that's another story. Yeah, but he's not going there. That's, because, that's in general. Air is air. So that, yeah. Also carry with it. yeah, yeah. Remember, it's like air carries even out. Like a, a hidden agent. Yeah, 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 yeah. But we're talking now what's revealed, what the car is on its own. Mm-hmm. And there's always what it's own and what it carries beyond. But look, even when a teacher teaches olive based gimel, Allah Beis Gimel ultimately carries within every all the wisdom that the Taylor has. You know, even in the most, because, but it's not revealed. You look at Allah Beis Gimel, you can never derive anything from it. When you say it has the ability to, it's, in other words, it's a concealer, but it's not a concealer to the point like, you know, something is like totally concealed, you have to go somewhere else. This is the language you will use to learn Taylor. I mean, I'm just giving you an example. Everything is, you know, this whole interface, nothing is airtight. If it's airtight, you get stuck. It's like those mazes. If it comes to the point where you hit a, a wall, then the interface is not worked. It has to work that everything has like a, what they call in, uh, in quantum mechanics, wormholes. Meaning wherever you go, there's a string theory. There's something that connects to something else. You just don't want it to overwhelm each other. That there's integration. That's the key. And even Martin Taylor, coming to Martin Taylor. The whole point was that at the end, you know, the question is asked, why was there Xavier before Matantev? The Kavana, the purpose is Dira Vitachtanim. So why did God make Xavier in the first place between heaven and earth? He should have you know, created a world. Now through work, connect from the bottom up. Adam Machab. We had that Adam Machab. No, but there was but there's Xavier. Till Matantada it says Xavier like Alienum Layo the Lamatis. How do you explain that Adam put them down here in this world Only to reach the Shayrish and Ibrahim. That's what I've always did. They couldn't they could not bring heaven and earth together. They could serve. But till the Matan Tana, it says you could not take a, a Gashmizdik, a physical thing, and turn it into a Khatsushadusha. You could use it for Gdusha, but you can't transform it matter. There's a, there's a split. There's a fundamental schism between heaven and earth. Shemaim, Shemaim Lashem, by Mountain Taylor, when it says Hashem al Sinai, this is a matter. So the question is, I'm just asking a question. If the Kavanah is the why why do you need Xavier in the first place? You had the Tzimtzum. The answer is because the universe could not tolerate. It would have been like the light would remain. They had to be initially begin, like I said, with children. As children start. They have to have small containers. As they absorb and they grow, then if the bit like Zeta was there, if Martin Taylor, Taylor was given right away, it would have been like, uh, it would have overwhelmed and definitely would not have been integrated. So the reason that you have 26 generations, that they work from the bottom up because they create a container. It's almost like similar to the Simpson. You first need the containers to have room. And then you can give them a, a, a higher gilia revelation called Matan Teda, and then they can start absorbing. It's like Bar Mitzvah. Matan Teda is compared to the Bar Mitzvah. Lifnei Matan Teda is compared to the education stage. Education, you're training. What are you training? So you're training them to be to the stage when they become a supervisor, when they become commanded, that they can contain it. Anyway, let's go to chapter 19. But Inyan who, and the Inyan and this is, 
Remember, now we're all talking. We're talking, everything is here on the level higher than Atsilas. We're talking about the root now of energy. So all this is focused still on energy. He's not going to get back to the containers for a while. So this is all analysis of that side of the interface. Remember, Atsilas is the interface. Eris represents the divine. Kalim represents identity. And now Air 2 is, has itself formed, which was the previous mimer, and now we're talking about the root. So the Indian Udin in his Baradal Peritazvav, how we was explained earlier, chapter 15. It's always good to see what was chapter 15. I know, but I just want to see there's something. Okay, yeah. The whole thing with Atmos and. The Bishayrishim al that the root and source of the Kav, of the ray of light, the thread of light, the line of light. Kameshakol, Bayan Sof, Yesham, Esses, Fris, Vinesses, Fris, Agnuses, Bamatsila. Beam of light. Kameshakol is the way it's encompassed in the infinite light before the Tsimtsum, Yesham, Esses, Fris, the ten spheres, and those are. The ten hidden spheres in their in the emanator. So that solemn are the subjects, are the objects of the mitzel. Mitzel is when you talk in that solemn, which means emanations, not creations. You say mitzel is the source. When you say mivroim, you say beira. You say yitzurim or yitzurim, you say yitzur. You say nasim, you say esa. So he says the other called Paul keata alta. It was the lesson that we got called Yitzush Right, so you have everything is just, I'm just so that's what was explained in chapter 15. The Indian, Shehein Gnuzis, when the Lama is bathed in South, what does it mean, Gnuzis? Expression, hidden. That they're hidden and concealed. Again, these are words that when you use them generally, you could say they're similar, they're Synonyms, gonos, nelam, but together they, they, they each have distinguishable meanings. Gnuza usually is more concealed than nelam. Gonos, like you say, chem de gnuza, like a hidden treasure, hidden. Nelam is concealed. But anyway, he's saying both here. It means that they're hidden and concealed, concealed and hidden in the infinite line. You know, what do you say? What does the word hidden mean? Like, you know, let's say you hide something. You hide something in a closet, it's there intact, you just can't see it. So he's explaining a different meaning here. Hidden doesn't mean that it's just out of sight or block, something's blocking it. That it actually is hidden even from itself. It's like submerged in some higher reality so it's not recognizable and not distinct. In other words, like something like, um, I'm trying to think of an example. If a large flame contains a smaller flame, it's not hidden, and if you dig open, you can find the flame. Once it's at the greater light, the smaller light becomes swallowed up, so to speak. So it's in there somewhere, but it's, a, it's not just, a, it's a key thing. In, in quantum mechanics, there's this concept that some things on the quantum level, meaning subatomic level, are not, are cannot, you cannot determine Heisenberg, from Werner Heisenberg, the physicist, that you can't determine ever the velocity and the position of an atom at the same time. Meaning, you can't measure both of them. 
Now, you can't know. So you think we can know because it's so small you can't figure it out. No, it's proven. It has nothing to do with because it's too small. And even if you were able to see it, it's fundamentally in the etzim, it's unmeasurable. Like, in other words, when something is a state of Yehuda, let's say, like, we speak about faculties in the Neshama. It's not like they're hidden, and if you dig open the Neshama, you're going to find faculties. Or ideas in the brain. If you dissect, the, if you brain. dissect the brain, you're going to find ideas flying out. No, ideas are so sublimated in that state that they're, 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 they're a different state of existence. So they're fundamentally, it's nothing to do with the limitation of the observer or the instruments we use. It's to do with that fundamentally it's a different state. I'm just explaining that, you know, hidden, again, we talk about retraining our minds. We usually think something's hidden. Okay, I'll dig, I'll dig deep enough, I'll find it. You know, it's like lost and found or hiding or seek or something like that. But that's when something is physical. Like, for example, if you want to find a, a needle in a haystack, stack, so to speak, it's in there. It's just so buried, it, it, it's hard to find. So you need tools, instruments, you need patience. But you dig enough, you're going to find nothing changed. But then there are things that are sublimated in a higher state. And this is a critical point because if you're talking that, you know, when we integrate our existence into the divine, the point is, you're not just talking about that matter and spirit are going to meet and, you know, it'll be nice. One will, they, you know, later we talk about, how, remember how air meets Kaylee and Kaylee meets air and the wick has to have, it has to be more sublime and the, and the air has to fit into the Kaylee. You're talking about two forces that are going to really meet. So, in understanding it in the root, what he's saying here is explaining the Esrus and Nuzes means, you know, interpreting what Gnuzim means. It's not just concealed. You're not talking about that the energy is that if you go, if you dig inside before the Tzimtzim, you're going to find all kinds of pieces. You won't find anything there. We're not even talking about Nesa, Atmos Hauts Nesa. We're talking here. Or even No, but this, this is relevant, very relevant, because you're talking about, remember, you're talking about. Are we distant from the divine or are we close? Is it Gilead Helen? Like he's making the case here that the Kav is only revealing that which is hidden. Because then you could argue, you go there, okay, it's there, but it's hidden. And the Kav reveals it. It's not that simple. The way it's there, it's in a different state of being. It's in a different state. That's a critical component. Yeah, for example, I gave the example of objects that you throw in the water. Objects you throw in the water do not change. I mean, I'm not talking about the erosion or, or, uh, you know, uh, or um, getting rusty stuff. I'm talking about the object, through an object. It's just the sea is so vast, it's going to be very hard to find the object. You know, we used to play that game, throw pennies down at the bottom of the pool. It's there, except it's so in a big ocean, most likely you're not going to find something if you've lost it there. Um, but it's there. Here, we're not talking about it. Here, we're talking about it's a different state. I mean, there's a lot of examples for it. It's just important to understand how, how things change states. Like, uh, for example, when you take ice, liquid water, and gas. So ice is frozen water. You melt it, it thaws into water. You heat the water, it becomes gas. So someone will ask you a question, okay, so is there water inside the gas? The answer is there's vapor. Like we see the clouds can be created from it, and you could turn it back. But right now, it's not in a state of water. There's no way you can squeeze water out of gas. You, you need to do something to it. You're going to have to either heat it or, or, or whatever. I mean, there's pro pro a process how you take, what do they call it? Um, you know, like... Distill. Um, not just distill. How you take something that has evaporated 
and turn it back into into liquids. Condensation. Right? Condensation. Yeah. Anyway, the point is, I'm just giving examples. It's not exact example because this, of course, is on a higher level. So, what does it mean? That means that they're encompassed. Kulim, they're encompassed. And and united. They're not at all a mitzvah for themselves. To be able to say that they're distinguished, distinct, exist identity, an independent identity in a mitzvah, a chachma, bina, and so on. So Gnuz is here, which is what he's explaining, is a whole other dimension. And now he goes on. This is critical as well, because you said there are ten spheres. You see, what's the, what's the problem? Why do the Kabbalists like, let's say, the Pardis or the other opinion? Which is also interesting, whether that opinion that holds that the root of the Kav is, is, is infinite light, is that the same opinion like the Pardis that says the Esos is the root of the containers? It seems like it's dependent on one another. But I'm not going there because maybe the Pardis does not talk about it. I'm not sure. But the point is, what's the reason that the Kabbalists are so adamant, the other opinion, that energy has no has no identity. The energy is really big full and it's like liquid that you put into colored glasses. And the liquid, why? Because air is a reflection of Ainsaf. And Ainsaf does not have full. You can't break it into parts. One you saw the Vashem is it's not made of a it's not a composite of elements. You know, one of the proofs that many of the philosophers, above is the Ikrim, Rambam, bring about why existence has to have a creator is because it's made of parts. And, and parts can never become infinite. And, and, and the Rama makes it clear that the Ibrish is and all that. Because, as he says, to say that, the Raivet actually says, that's another discussion, the Rebbe talks about that, that that's more called Yachim. But why? Because a pilagic, Hashem Achad, is not made up of parts. Because then you better, then if he's made up of parts, then himself is a part, God forbid. Which challenges the whole idea of divine unity and the creator and so on. Then he's another piece of the puzzle. He's, so, so the, the, therefore, air, air itself, which reflects the divine, has to be similar to it. So it doesn't have in it. Where does it have in it? According to that opinion. I'm just explaining. So now he's saying that even opinion that there is a sphere of that the energy does have, also, this is the so called response to it. They don't add Libri they don't add uh, the, the, the multiplicity. In quality, in quality. God forbid. In quality also. I don't know. Exactly. In any way. In any way. I this example. Like the spirit, the soul, that encompasses in it all the faculties. Nevertheless, it's one spirit, one soul. You open up a soul, a soul is not made up of pieces. It's a force that things emerge from it. But you can't say that this force is, is a sum of its parts. It's you more than extract, a sum of the parts. You can extract couple from it being a right. part, but it's not. Yeah, a, exactly. Can't, can't the For example, the sun, you don't say that. The sun is a body of light. And even though it has a lot of dimensions to it, and if you dissect the sun, you'll find all kinds of things, but ultimately the sun is a luminary. You're not gonna, from the sun, you're not going to get Chochm and Bina. You're going to get sunlight. That's what it is. And other, other rays that it gives off. That's all part of it. But like, uh, you know, so bottom line is, okay, so it's like the nefesh. In other words, what you could say here, interesting is, 
Now, listen, that symptom, you can compare it to the soul before the faculties emerge from it. And the symptom allows the faculties to emerge. And so the symptom allows divine faculties that emerge. So basically, you're saying before the symptom is the state that the air, not talking about Atmos now, the air of Atmos, the divine energy, has in it all anything that can emerge from it. So, yes, it has 10 spheres, but they're complete gnosis, meaning. As I said, they're concealed on a qualitative level. And therefore, they don't add any ripples. There's no ripples. They're all part of this oneness. He's going to explain now why then are they called ten spheres hidden spheres. This is, of course, now the discussion for the next few chapters. Because you see here, as you see, the dissecting of the interface is now, you know, if we did this visually, like, you know, when you visually, you focus on different parts of the pipe. So we talked about Atsilas, containers and energy. Now we move to energy, to Kav. Now he's moved to before the Tzimtzum. So right now the focus on the map is uh, the Esosphere of Sagnusis. What's going on here? Are they 10? Are they not 10? So of course he made it clearly that, that they're 10. That's what it says, 10 spheres. And that's the root of the energy, not the root of the containers of the Padrasas. So now he's analyzing this. Now we're talking about the Blima of them. Basically, in other words, they're substanceless as they are in their source. So this is where we are right now in the interface. This is the sugi of Esosphere Sagnosis. Okay. Okay. Same thing, the ten spheres that we're talking about, the hidden ones, do not add any ribu. They can't, they, they're, they're not adding any multiplicity. Uh, the duality. Yeah, multiplicity. Right. The Kamoi Kane who gamba or multitudes or multiplicity has a kind of a transition. Duplicity has it. Okay. What's the de? Okay. How Ukamaikane is and similarly, Dikamaikane is because is, is because similarly, okay. This similarly is also in the root of the containers, Kamashain Ba'ir and Sabarhu. How they are encompassed in the infinite divine light. But they're not a Matsyas at all. Now you move to the next track, right? The Kalim. He moved to the Kalim. Well, it's probably gonna it's for comparative purposes. Yeah. So let's wait to see where this is going. Ukaneda, the Ishishimu, as it's known, that the letters of the we call it the residue, we call it the impression. Rishima again is the, what is left over. After the the, the symptom conceals the entire light, there's not, not complete emptiness. There's something there that's but you can't see it. It's like a uh, like a yeah, yeah, like you say something or 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 um one way to say it, or it's like a um, something. Uh, there's four examples of this under the shin, but that's one of there's them. There's a toy where the kids write on something and then they pick up the you know the paper and yeah, it yeah, yeah, it yeah. all. Yeah. But you can still tell that something was written on it. Yeah, yeah. But, but in Ruchnis, it means that it's not complete void, but you can't see anything. It's something is there. She says, the letters of the Shimon, and they're considered letters. 
כמו שאין קדם הצמצום, אין מוציא אסיס כלל. They're not at all substantive existence of letters at all. You recall a few chapters back, was it Tezvav? Where he talks about the Rishima, there was no Tzimtzum in the Rishima. Right? So he said, even though, yes, it had an impact, because it allowed the, the, the letters to emerge, what chapter was that? I think it's 13. No. Probably earlier. Okay. But bottom line is he said, but the Rishima itself, there was no, there's no letters, God forbid, before the Tzimtzum. Okay. By the way, I just did want to make one thing. Chapter 18, when he brings the Eitzchayim, he already brought that Eitzchayim in chapter uh, 11, just for compare purposes. And he said there, look in chapter 18. Oh, here it is. Yeah, chapter 11. That's what I was referring to. If you look in chapter 11, just for compare, he says, in other words, there's no metzius of letters there. Only potential state of letters. So essentially what he's saying here is that what we just said about the ten hidden spheres, about the energy, that they're not any metzius, the same thing is with the root of the containers. In the Zayr, it says right in the beginning, Golub Gilifu B'tihili Law. Golub Gilifu means he engraved, he engraved uh, like letters. It's Aramaic. So, as it's known in that mimer, meaning when they explain that, it's not physical engraving. You know, earlier he used the example of the, the, the letters in the Luchas. Because they're through and through, they're not really there. The truth is, Chassidus speaks. I'm looking at symptoms even higher than that because you can't say there's no letters, because there is a difference between the stone before you engrave and after you engrave. The only difference is that if it's not through and through, it darkens the space. Because through and through, it's letters of light, so there's really no substance to the letters. So that's why it's sometimes used as an example. But the goal of Galifu, the Tzili law, means not that he engraved, but that he arose in his will. You know, that's what it says. The goal of Galifu is he arose in his will. The idea that there should be letters. So think of it this way. If the, if the divine mind, divine will, decided, imagines, I want letters, if you could, like we said, dissecting that, you're not going to find letters. But you're going to find the concept of letters has begun. The idea of it. I mean, I'm just using it as an example. But there's no way there's letters. <clears throat> when you begin to speak or write, then you're talking about actual <clears throat> guttural Expressions or or, 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 or in the machshava right before you're speaking, it's already more tender. Yeah, the kolsh came b'sheder shevis. Okay, that's the the kamekim. He's saying that in truth that I could say in truth even the containers don't exist beforehand. The kolsh came b'shosh erishem b'chinus blima. You know, even the containers which are very strong identity later. 
once after the tzimtzum. In their root, they have no identity, they have no substance. So for sure the energy, which even after the tzimtzum, retains its amorphous state, so on its root, so it's only bring it for so called like a kalvachem, so to speak, like just to. It also rounds it out. It's good to hear because it's uh, yeah. Going back to what he said that they don't have ribui. Then it's moving that they don't have a distinction that this is a chachma is a separate and distinct sphere. This is Bina as a separate and unique and distinct sphere. So basically he said so far two things about Esther. Well, he said three things really. The definition of Esther is that Knuzis means not just concealed, but encompassed and one with its source. One thing. Okay, that was, and, and that means that there's no distinct Chachman, no distinct Bina identity. Then he says it doesn't add Ribui, meaning even those distinctions are not adding anything. Those are the main two things that he said. Because in the state that it's there, it's completely um, one with a, with a sort of like a nefesh that just contains faculties but does not made up of them. Does not comp- composed of them. Not defined by them. Yeah. So now he continues. The ma'ach shabbat shemosim enum chins after saying, cause that fact that they're fundamentally, essentially, not a metziah, they don't exist. As an identity, so I thought it would be the other way around. Because it's iru that's why they're not in existence. Okay, it's, I guess it goes both ways. Because they're not in existence, that's why they are completely... Um, I mean, the truth is... It's, it's, because you go the other way. It starts off because God wants it. Since he wants it, it's only part of his will. So it's complete. Therefore, it's not a mitzis. But he's saying here, I mean, it doesn't have, it's like they don't have pechira. They don't have free will to be a mitzis and not be a mitzis. I can understand that. In Aveda, you could say, if you choose to be a yesh, you can't be malurav and united with your source. He's speaking about it almost as, I'm just, it's interesting how he says it. You have to see where he's going. It's just like, you know, intuitively I would have written, as you think, the other way around. In other words, that's why they're not a Mitzvah. Okay. Um, maybe because he's working on Matl and Maila. Okay, but that, but, but bottom line is they are hobahotal. If Esther Spheres were, were a Matthias. This is repeating what he said in the third line. Shannon Prince Matthias Latzman, the third line of the paragraph. So now he's using the same words, the same. Yeah, no, I understand. Yeah. But there you see, he starts saying, Kulun Yechodim by Shannon Prince Matthias. There he starts, Ein Haim Shannon Kulun Yechodim, Shannon Prince Matthias. Okay. Well, the Hoban Zay, Echush Yesham Esther Spheres. And to understand this, what does this mean? How is it that there are there ten spheres? We call them Esther spheres and Rus. I mean, what, what does it mean, ten spheres? Then? Ten spheres doesn't mean they're all one. There's, there, there, that means there's ten distinct spheres. I'm obviously going to explain this. So what does it mean that there are ten spheres, which includes, that means they have within them opposite, opposite, 
love and kindness and severity are like fire and water. Actually, Esh is Gvur and Mayim is Chesed. So it's interesting, it says Chesed and Gvur, it should have said like, Kamoi Mayim Ve'esh. Okay, fine. The bottom line is they're opposites. The Chen Chochem of Bina Gamkein. And also Chochem of Bina. This is in the parentheses because it's not as, he's using obviously the strongest example of opposites. Chesed and Gvur, Esh and Mayim are as opposite as they get. They're at war with each other. Enough fire will evaporate a large body of water. Enough water will extinguish a fire. They're at war. Chochmah and Bina are both intellectual faculties, but subtly they are opposites. Chochmah is a spark. Bina is, a, is developing it. So it's a question here on the table. It's going further. And in truth, Every faculty, the way it's in essence, meaning the way it's in its source, how do you take it be Much more intense. It's increasingly in, 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 intense. Increasingly um, take it, powerful. Meaning it's more, it's more, it's more of its identity, not less of its identity in its so-called essential state. Now I understand why he says it this way. Because he's speaking from the perspective of being Esther's first agnosis. So even though they're Esther's agnosis, he says they're not a Matthias, and that's why they're idols. He's not talking how it is. I, I was, I'm jumping where they're going. Probably the end of the explanation is going to be the other way around. Because they're idols, that's why they're not a Matthias. But based on the fact that Esther's fetus, Esther's fetus includes what means Esther's fetus? In other words, if, if they're all so amorphous, then you can't call them ten. Chesed, Lechel. I mean, obviously he's going to explain it. And we can't use our own heads here figuring this out, because I'm sure he's going to have a nice explanation here. So how are they encompassed in a iruv, in a, a, a mix, a combination? Iruv, when things are mixed up together, composite. And united with one another. Yeah, but iruv is, more, is less than isardus. Isardus is already, when they really one with each other. Remember, this is all earlier stages. Later, later, he's going to talk about Tayu and Tikkun, how, remember, Iruv and Iskalos happens in Tayu and Tikkun as a result of the diminishing, as a, as a, as a result of tolerating. But right now, he's talking less spheres agnosis. So as soon as you say there are ten, that means there's Chesed and there's Gvur. Chesed and Gvur are opposites. Since they're opposites, Ha'echem Klulim. In other words, Yeah, so there we go. Now, However, you can sense and feel the chusha seichel with the. With your intuition, in your mind, cognitive intuition, that they're there in unity. I think this is unbelievable. Rabbi Rashab is telling us what he sees, what he senses. Now, what do we sense exactly? I don't get it. <laughs> He's saying it's the Mailamah but it's your intuition. That means you have to think about it as a spirit. Like, you can sense it, but it's the Mailamah Sagi. Very interesting. Can't grasp it. 
He's going to explain it, but it's just, uh, it's an intimate expression. It's like sharing, like if the Rebbe Shab is sitting here, which I'm sure he is when we're learning it. Um, it's like saying, you know, that I don't really have an explanation for it, but you could sense that Lifniat Simpson, it's all one united thing. Okay, so now the parenthesis. That's a long parenthesis. How long? All the way till, no? Yeah, halfway down. Okay, this came down. No, same there. Huh? Same there. Yeah. Yeah. I see. No, 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 no. That's a different one. That's another one. I know, one second, one second, one second. Okay, we'll see where it ends. Does anyone, one second, one second. I think I'm right, I think it's Lishkin Yachad, then comes another one. Another big one. That ends the Imza. There's a bunch of them. Okay, let's go one at a time. We're climbing the mountain step by step. By step. Let's not jump the top. The F Shalemer. Okay. I'm smiling simply because, man, it takes you for a ride as a say. You gotta really bend your head, bend your mind. It's a nice, simple message. The F Shalema, you could say, we can perhaps say, the Indian Ahovkiyasu, that the opposite, the, the paradox, the, the opposite, the contrast, whatever. Urakbis Pastus Adobo. Okay, he's going to analyze this difference between etzim and, and his pastures. He just said that in truth, two things. First of all, how could eses spheres be eses spheres and be called because that includes ten spheres. The eses spheres means it's chesed and vodah and opposites. Then he went stronger. In truth, they're even more opposite in their source because etzim is the, like the it's like the quintessential fire. It's not just fire. As in the diminished state, as it expresses itself, it's, it's intense. It's like the core of fire, core of water, or core of chesed, core of good. So he established that, okay, it's the Mayal Masad, but he's not going into understanding. You could say the opposite. That the opposite, that their, their contradiction to each other is only in their expression, in their extension. Only as they extend. When it extends itself into a particular, expresses or extends itself, spreads itself, spreads out, in a particular seer, a particular shape and form, a particular definition that's defined, then it's an opposite from something that is a different defined state. But the essence of some of it, which has not yet come into any form or shape or definition, their things don't contradict each other. Like remember we said how the faculties are in the soul. Yeah, you also have opposite faculties. You have Mechen and But, and yes, you could say in the source, it's in its full intensity, but it's in a, what's the word for I want to use? It's an archetype there. An archetype is the, is the pure form of it, but its state is one that doesn't contradict other things because it's it's an amorphous state. It's not taken on shape and form. 
So it's, it is like a paradox. On one hand, there's the purest form of it, but on the other hand, it's the most, it's the least shaped form. So if you want to have more intensity, yeah, you go back to the source. But in the source, it's going to, it doesn't have any type of definition, which makes complete sense. Another example I would use, I'm not saying, you know, just to, I'm just trying to understand this, like you see a seed. Everything that will be in a tree is in the seed. But in a seed, interestingly, there's no branches and leaves and fruits. Everything there is coexists. I'm not saying it doesn't coexist later. But once it spreads out into a full tree, there are different components. And here in one little seed, you have it all. Or the seed of a child, conception of a seed. You have in it the whole lot. And I'm giving an example that's not quite like the soul. is somewhat still difficult for us to imagine because we don't know what a soul is like. But a seed is something we could physically see. And you see it's like the, on one hand, everything is going to come out of it. You know, But in the cloud, the protim are not nikr. They're not distinguishable. They could actually actually all occupy like a, a literally the, the, like, like, like a dot of space. That's how concentrated they are. It's basically, and everything is there. As a matter of fact, there is probably more intense, except it's not kamus. It's echus. Okay. This, Quality, uh, not quantity. Very good, Michelle. The seeds from the tree, there's nothing opposite in the tree. I mean, they're not opposed to each other, the components of the tree. Right. The of the tree, but, but the good, the better mushroom would be the seed of the child, because later when he develops, he does have chesed and within him, and yeah. it's all encompassed yeah. in the seed. Even in a tree, probably from a biological point of view, you could probably just, there are things, there are different elements that that work differently, and they they need to be separate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but but it's the same idea. But I, I, absolutely. You see, the the thing here is not so much the opposites. The opposite is relevant. It's really distinction, two different things. Distinction. It's a distinction, but distinction it's much more uh, glaring when they're opposites, like Asian mind, obviously. But uh, but but remember, he says he doesn't want Ribui either. Ribui is also that's the ultimate distinction when they're yeah 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 yeah. Anyway, so now he's basically saying he didn't. You can't understand. It's only with intuition. But now he's explaining it. And that's really what he's doing. The Efshalaymer. So I guess once you have the intuition, you can start finding explanations. <laughs> but on its own, it wouldn't be that easy. Okay. Like let's let's take fire and water, two opposites. The truth is, whenever you say Eishemayim, you say Eishemayim. Maybe that's why he says because the Loshim Bechlal, you say Eish. You don't say Mayim Beish. Even the Chesed is a Mayim, and that's Eish. Eishemayim. She Eishcham. Eish is hot, warm. But Mayim Kara. Mayim is cool, cold, coolish. Hariyem Hofchim Mizemizeh. Those are opposites. Those are two opposite features, properties. The ears are on the side of, and they cannot be combined. They cannot be mixed together. And we're not talking about, you know, let's say, Bereshit Bor HaShemayim is HaShemayim, the God's power to mix HaShemayim together. We're not talking about that now. The ears on the side of HaShemayim, and they you do combine them, they go to war. They dominate over one over the other. They fight with one another, meaning... They're not just melting into one, okay, let's coexist. They, they each one will try to dominate the other. Or the fire will evaporate. Or this, yeah, yeah, evaporate. What's the word? 
It means evaporate. It has to be evaporated. A literal translation? A literal means like he laps up, like licks up, licks up. Yeah, yeah, delicious, right. But, but it's the same idea. Okay, that's fine. Like a shale. But fire, but fire yeah. does that. Yeah. You see, when your fire reaches water, a lot of fire, the water like suddenly begins to, it boils it, and then it, it, it eats it up. It does. Or the water extinguishes the fire. She's explaining. This is when they extend and they express themselves as fire and water. And they are in a tzir. They're defined by their personalities and their property. This is hot. This is cold. It's interesting. It's, he's saying cham v'kar, even though what water and, 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 and fire do, it's not because they're cold and hot that they're opposites. Cold and hot are opposites. But the thing that fire and water have a problem is not because... And if water was, was hot, then it would, uh, would coexist with fire. It wouldn't. But it's interesting, it's interesting scientifically what really happens when water meets fire. What is it that they really have? A, it's not because of their temperature. It's true that no matter how hot water is, it's never as hot as fire. That's why fire first boils water, and then it evaporates. First they'll boil it and make it hot, from cool to hot, and then it will evaporate once. But what happens in the evaporation process? Is it the heat? Maybe. Maybe it's the heat that's overwhelming even the... the, the, even the, 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 the Hot water is not as hot as the, maybe that's the reason that it causes it to become gas. I'm just thinking out loud here. Because what is it, what else is it? I mean, that, I, this is this is basic science. You know, the it properties. Speeds, it speeds up the molecules when they break up. No, no, that I understand is it speeds up the molecules. First, it turns it hotter yes. and hotter and hotter until the point it breaks it apart into gas. No, no, my question is, is it, kar, is it the car, is it the cold and the heat that does it? It's the, it's the and the other way around, and when water extinguishes fire, is it the coolness of the water that's extinguishing the fire? No, it, this is a chemistry thing. This is just, I'm just, uh, it's interesting. It probably is connected to their temperature. Now, I, I would think it may, be other, it may not be their temperature, maybe other properties. But when water is, is hot, it's in a weakened state. I understand. No, no. I'm my question is, what is it from a chemical point of view? What is it that, that, that doesn't let them coexist? Water smothers. It smothers, extinguishes. Well, water does is... Cuts off the oxygen from the plant. Then it could be anything that doesn't water. water. Exactly. Right. No, no, but, but, but relatively... But, but, no, but, no, but he doesn't mind here that if it's any liquid, besides kerosene, obviously. Mm -hmm. You know, um, any liquid is true. It could, be apple, water. It, could be, it could be apple juice. Throw a piece of metal over it and will smother it. Well, yeah, that's true. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. No, no, no. So that's why I'm saying. In that case, so it's not the critters of the Mayan. It's the fact that water it, it, it cuts off its oxygen flow. And, when, and fire can't exist without Ruach. This speaks to Chesidus also. Anyway, I'm just throwing this out. It, it's, it's not, this is more of a technicality because the point is well taken here. But when you go to the essential elements, had the Eisha Yosebi, it's known that the element of fire, meaning the source root element of fire, emicham is not hot. Because then it would have burned up the whole world. And the same thing with the essential element of water, emikad is not cold. So therefore, even though they're, they're, they're quintessential forms, they're essential states, 
And if they would transmit, if they would extend, if they would be drawn out, so to speak, we as Mubchinus Metzias, to actually take on a form, not just in that amorphous central state, as they are in their essence, they would have been increasingly, essentially hot and cold. They would never have been able to at all connect if that part came into Mitzvahs. Nevertheless, the way they are in their own natural state, no, it was not, it was hypothetically, if they were released from that cage, obviously that's not practical, because that's not, that's not the way they function. Etzim, mm-hmm. Etzim, basically. You know, Etzim is an Etzim. And Etzim here is archetype. You have to see it like that. It's like, it's, it's like the the faculties in the soul, or like what we spoke about in the sea. So once, it's, it's, once it comes, expresses itself, it's no longer in the sea. It's no longer concentrated. It's just, so it's a concentrated form. Now, maybe an example would be the medication. You sometimes have this. You know, when they concentrate, let's say, a strain of a virus to be antibiotic. So it's a concentrated form of that. But actually, what it does is it actually... It, 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 it stimulates the immune system to fight the disease. Because if it was blown out, if you took that strain and it wasn't concentrated the proper way, it would cause the disease. I'm just thinking if that's an example at all. Anyway, just these are, for, these are the parallels of the Yedanisht. I need to know a little more about the, the pharmaceutical side of it. So, anyway, bottom line is. The way they are in their essential state, they have no cold and no, no hot, no heat, no cold at all. No temperature. And that's why in that state, they can, he's a new word, he says, there's four words here going on. Usually, is two things, two separate things come together, joined. So, so then, that's why they can join together via sarvo and mix, join and mix together. Same as the in sarvos. And what is this And what is this mixing together? Socialize. <laughs> not that they are encompassing one the other. In other words, it's not that the ish has it within the mayim and mayim has it within the ish, because then that they would also defeat the purpose. Rak. Because they are in a type of essential state, in an amorphous state, they can rest side by side. Why? Because Ash is not yet taken on the shape and form and identity of fire, and water is not taken on the shape and form and identity of water. So they're both in that atzmizdik state, in this essential state, and that's where they can rest one another. It has nothing to do with because they communicate with each other. They're just fundamentally... Um, in a state that does not contradict another state. You know, similar to a little like Shmai Vavtalian. Chesed and Gvure and Shmai Vavtalian's teaching sit side by side because they're an idea. That same idea can go this way, can go that way. Once Shammai and Hill and their containers give it shape and form, there's a disagreement. This one, Paskin's also, this is matik. This one's I said this one's matik. I'm just. He's going to say it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I'm just connecting it because. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
So all this has been so far explaining, he's trying to explain how even though there's ten spheres and opposites, but because they're in a state of etzem, so even though they may be more intense, and they are more intense, but they're not in a state that contradicts each other. So therefore you can explain that the spheres and loses this way. How they are both they're not a mitzvah for separate mitzvahs, and therefore they're irrevi- they're connected. They're so pure, you have never mind. Ach! Remember I was saying about Lunach Siddhis, it forces you to think differently. So he's going to say it here. Ach zel lefi asagaseinu v'diyaseinu v'shonu yedim ahofkit eishamayim. However, this is according to our comprehension and our knowledge. That we know, we perceive the difference, the opposite qualities of fire and water. We only perceive their difference as in the context of the cold and, and heat and cold. And we therefore negate it from the essential faculties. And we say, the primary thing that, that we're explaining is that to say, that these opposites are only in the extension of the, of the, of the, of the entity, which is, that is the shape of the thing. And that essence, which is completely uh, beyond, transcends, mushlo, negates, but it's more than that. It's beyond... From, it's beyond any type of shape and form. Even though it's the power of fire, and there's the power of water, the faculty of fire, the faculty of water, this is the end of the parenthesis. They can therefore rest side by side, rest together. You understand what he just added here? He added something very important. He said at the beginning that's intuition. Before the parentheses, right? He says, So what's he explaining? And, and he's qualifying his explanation. So he's saying, yes, we could explain something here by explaining it with Edsem and Espastus, as he said. But he's not satisfied with that because of that, then, you, then you have an explanation. Why did he say it's the Nidu Benidish, even though we don't, why he says the Maile Masoga? Because this is still based on our understanding of Hofchim. So yeah, the context of fire and water fighting with each other, we can understand how they can coexist in their essential state. But in Esosphere Sagnusis, which is beyond our seichel, maybe they're hafchim there in a different way. You know, this is an example in physical. But their hafchis, they could be a whole different type of hafchis. This is a good example in the context of how we understand opposites and how opposites come together. But you can make an argument that Lifnayat Simpson, Chesed and Gvura, could not exist in the, in the Etzim either. How that argument, you know, and bottom line is trying to say is that our Seich only goes that far and we don't really know what's going on in Esosphere. That's really what he's saying. So even this explanation is a good explanation, but it's an explanation of Seder Shalshus. After we have opposites and we have fire and water and we can see examples of it. Bottom line is qualifying that you can't necessarily say this is the, the example of Esosphere. Esosphere, we sense that it's something like this. Exactly. It's interesting how he's limiting, you know, he's limiting our asoga there. He doesn't, the Rabbi Rashad is making very clear that we don't really have a comprehension. I mean, I thought we got to read more, what more he's going to say here. As before the but, 
Huh? Yeah. But it's interesting how that's this how parentheses is like he's explaining how it would be in Har Hasagya, we can find an example for it. But he says clearly, Ikaraiyan is saying the primary Makudi here is that Desisphere's Agnusis is like Etzem. And Chesnik Vura after the Tsimsum is like Spashtus. So after the Tsimsum is Taka opposites, but in the Etzem they're not. But it's still okay. I think we Okay, Sharigamba Bhinas Ak, back to the outside of the parentheses. Also on the level of Ach, Odom Kadman. And also, which is lower than Ach. And also the level of Akudim, where there's 10 energies in one container. Ach, there's no containers. They're all bound. Akudim is bound together in one container. He's going back to before the parentheses. What did he say? That in Esosphere Sagnosis, you have 10 spheres, but they're motive. They're all connected as one. How exactly he just tried to explain. But now he's going back to the actual levels. That even after the symptom, you have a state of affairs, you have a, you have a stage, you have, an, a, a, you have a state of being where 10 energies, 10 spheres, remember he spoke that there's 10 spheres in Akudim and Ak, even though there's no containers, are all bound in one. But Koshkin Bain and Sarsalif Nat Simpson. So for sure, how much more so in the infinite light before the symptom, prior to the symptom? By Ikehu, and the primary element here is the primary focus here is is that because there they're not in a form of mitzias, they have not taken on a substantive, a substance type of identity. And now another parenthesis, which goes also a bunch of like a, an abstract light of, of intelligence that can mix with a concept, a seichel, a light of seichel, that's opposite of it. Like two wise people who grasp an idea, but not just an idea, er seichel, the energy of an idea. Same seichel, this one grasps it one way, this one grasps it in, another, in a different way. Okay. When they express, I have to say, when they express this seichel, commensurate, proportionate to how they understand the essential idea, that's in the form of abstraction of Bahamic and depth of Bahamic Indian and the depth of the subject. In other words, if you go back to the idea as it is in its root before they understood it differently, you go back to, let's say, the way it was repeated. This happened to us. I remember many times the Rebbe would say something. We had two people who heard it differently, many times opposite even. We go back to the original. You really could see that in that state, it goes both ways. Until you have to go, you know, to struggle, and sometimes you don't always know for sure. 
אין נקרא דיין במה שהם מחלקים זה וזה. It's not recognizable, not distinct yet what they, what they disagree about, but what they, and, and how they, yeah, and how they are uh, distinct, different from one another. And you can connect them, you can mix them together. Another parenthesis, and, the wise, and, the, and, the, and these wise people themselves who know the depth of the subject, and its internal, its inner element, they are different and separate from one another. They see it, they don't. But they see it, they don't. No. Right. But you see, in other words, they are beginning already to develop a distinction. But when you look at it on that stage, of weights in its source, not the way it's expressed later. You don't yet distinct, distinguish, you cannot yet distinguish the difference between them and they can mix together. He's just distinguishing like this. You have the idea, these two people, these two wise people, one here is this, one here is that. So even though they, in their depth, do see the difference, but on that stage, if you express it, the original statement before they process it, before what they know, what's obvious to the naked eye, it's still an, an amorphous idea that can that two that two approaches can be interpreted in it. That's what he's basically saying. Is he comparing yeah? But when the but when and when the energy of the intelligence comes into the garments of comprehension, then it becomes distinguishable, recognizable. You can recognize how they're separate from one another. This one grasps it this way and this one that. Like the Hiyuli is a Hebrew word, Hebrew Aramaic word, which is hard to translate. Hiyuli often means a potential state, but it's not just a potential. Sometimes the Yisoda Eish, Yisoda Maim, we talk about as the Yuli. Yuli is something that is still in its like. I mean, in, in cosmology, they talk about it like a star before it like explodes or something, or something that is like a seed. It has within it the potential. The question is how close the potential is to the actual. There's another story. But the Yuli is basically a state, let's say, where the mind conceives of ideas, but the source of it. The source of it. She says, It's a little. Yuli is a little higher than the love that he's speaking about till now. Phil and I speaking like Shmaya Vavtali, and they say an idea, an idea can go, Kei Yuli is more, almost like the root of all Seichel. So, you know, you know, it can really go two ways. It can go many ways. Ukemoshin is barely ill, like we discussed, was explained earlier, being Shama Vihila, Shekibu Shnei Amarav Echad. Shama and Hila, who received, both of them received from the same teacher. So what do we know from there? That when they receive it, the idea that came out of the teacher, is in a state of abstraction that can go chesed or this way or that way. Those two, when they hear it, can already, already begins to manifest. But when you look at it at that state, it's still they rest together, these two approaches. They coexist. And they're separate when they come to the garments of shamay, gvura, nila chesed, it's a perfect example. This is pashtus and etzim. The same idea, gave examples. 
Why does this add? Why does this different from the previous paragraph? I don't know. Is actually Let's see. Let me see the end here. Mukalze Yuvan Hadugma. From all this, we understand the example. Be'elis Ebarachu. In the infinite divine light, Yimei Yesh Yeshem Chinz Chachma Bina Chesed Gvura. Even though that there exists Chachma Bina Chesed Gvura, meaning the ten spheres, Mukal Mokem Etzad Hedra Mitzishlam Halihem Uravim Miyachet Zaymzah. But because of their lack of identity, that lack of substance, lack of personality, lack of parameters, all that fits. The lack of being, they're not being yet, they're not existent yet. They're combined and united with one another. The distinction between the two, yeah, I mean, before he spoke about the Aish, how you say the, the Etzem, and his pastors. Here he's just using it more in the context. It's the same idea, an example of Seichel. Yeah. Question is there another section? I don't think I should go over it to the end of the chapter, maybe too much. Okay, I'll go a little further. We'll see. Make the top, top of the page starts another one. Yeah. Okay, we'll see. Maybe we'll go there. I can go fast. I mean, I don't want to skip to anything because this is very people really learn this properly. And the example for this is known from the faculties of the soul. He gave this example already before in the bottom of the previous page. That, that it does not add any reboot, so he gave the example Nefesh Kolos Bekola Kechis. So he's really amplifying in that example. So remember the qualification that after all these explanations, it's still Chusha Sechel, intuition, because we don't fully comprehend it in the level before the Tzimtzum. That's the bottom line. But we have examples for it. The example for this is known from the faculties of the social Shabbatim, which I include that's in there's no question of faculties come from the soul. You know, a corpse got it doesn't have faculties. And there they rest. They dwell all together. The way they reveal and once they express and extend themselves, each faculty is in its particular container. The faculty of wisdom is in the mind of wisdom. And the faculty of understanding is in the mind of Right brain, left brain. The eye, the power to see, the faculty to see, and the eye. This is discussed much earlier in chapter 2, 3, 4. But the way they are in the essence of the soul. They all dwell and rest together. And even though they are separate, distinguishable, and distinct faculties, one from the other, this one's like fire, this is like the level of water, nevertheless, they are all together. So he gave them an example with Yisraeli, he gave the example with Seichel, now he's using the example of the Nefesh. Those were examples in the parentheses, and this one's outside the parentheses. Interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, not this comparison, what each one adds, but let's see what's going on. 
Before he said they're not mitzias. I says, and that is because they are there in the ultimate refined and sublime state. Is the way I would define it. Ruchnis means spiritual, but it means lack of um, uh, what's called ethereal. Ethereal would be the word I would use. Zakus is edelkeit, zak. They're very refined, ultimate refined, and there's more. And and su- subtle, sublime, ethereal is I think a very good word here. Not in any way comparable. When you say lemaneo mitzase, means not from it and not even similar to it. Not even can, not, not, you can't compare it and you can't even compare part of it. What's the original source of lemaneo mitzase? It's in Helchus, I think it's in Helchus Trefus, no? Min or something? Where's the first time it's expressed? Is it a posuk? Lemaneo mitzase in Tanakh? Interesting to see where it says it. But anyway, it's an expression used. You know, all these expressions that are used in so many places, sometimes it's good to see what their sources, because Chassidus uses it one way. Okay. That means from within it, but Minei can also be not from its min. Not at all in that category. The way they are afterwards, because you can, if you put them side by side, hypothetically, you, you wouldn't recognize them. They're not in any way similar. It's a very strong negation of their similar commonality. And they're not yet recognizable as faculties, as a mitzius, as something you can see, hold, grasp, recognize. And that's why they dwell and rest together. That's the Moshe. Now the Nimshul, you've been in is the same thing we can understand with the Sphere's He's not saying Gnuzis now. He's talking now because the fact, you know, that even though when they manifest in containers, they are Separate, distinguishable chesed and vuda, separate from one another. When they're still encompassed in the infinite divine light, he says dakus now. Dakus and zachus. Dakus is more, ref- dakus is refined, subtle. Pure is also correct. But dak is usually subtle. We killed mama daka. Soft. I mean, that could be rach. No, that is soft. Baruchnis. The enkates. Here it says the enkates. When he said lemenayim mukzase, here it says the enkates. Infinitely distant. Mikamoshein achakach from the way these spheres manifest afterwards. Olachein ensham is chalkus kol b'chinu b'fniatzmet. And that's why there's no distinction of each level by itself. Kim kulim kulim keechad. They are all encompassed as one. All of them as one. Well, chaim b'matan teira, and that's why by matan teira, at Sinai, shayigilim mamaila meishtalshus. When there was a revelation from higher than the cosmic order, higher than the divine structure of existence, and a benefish. What does that mean, benefish, in our souls? We in isgalus akechis atzmi. The nefesh, there was the revelation of the essential faculties as they are in their source, where they all can be one. Hayurenus anishma, 
we experience what's called synesthesia. You've heard of synesthesia? I'll explain that in a minute. <laughs> they saw the sounds, the shame and the sanira, and they heard the sounds, and they heard the sights. They saw what was heard, they heard what was seen. There was no distinction between seeing and hearing. Synesthesia is a phenomenon that is proven. Uh, Kandinsky, the artist, and many artists and others have it, where they actually, when they see a color, they hear a sound. And when they hear a sound, they see a color, and they many of them see the same colors and sounds. So it's, not, it's not some illusion, in other words. Not just intuition. You could also close your eyes, hear a sound, you can envision. But they actually, and it's like a cross wiring between the, the, the sensory, the sense of sight and audio and visual. And so it's, it's clear proof that there's a place where these two, you know, when they turn to the nerves, they both experience, you know, you hear something, you see something, it's two different ways. But if you go to their source, there's a place where the wires can cross. And, and I wrote, I've written quite a few articles, Martin Taylor's Synesthesia. But it's, it's, it's actually a great, beautiful proof to the idea of Ardus and unity and distinction. So it's, this is an excellent example of synesthesia for this whole discussion, because there it's absolutely sight and sound, which are so distinguishable. Eyes and ears are not the same thing. You can't put a, a sight into your ears. The ear is not structured that way. Yet there's something that, you, that through hearing, it's not that they see with their ears. No, it's, <laughs> it's that the sound, in the state of sound and sight, they, there's, there's something where the nerve... Well, look, if you think about how brains work, obviously, these are messages going back to the brain. I touch something, or I hear it, or I see it. It's just different messages coming from different tools. The brain does what it does with it. In the brain, you could say, you know, you could, see, you, you could say that they do connect. As a matter of fact, it to me is, is even fascinating beyond synesthesia. When you hear me speak right now, and you see me, you see my mouth. So you're seeing something you're hearing. Obviously, you can close your eyes and not see me and hear it. But there's a coordination that the brain is making between what you see and you hear. That's why you sometimes see someone and the voice is off, the mouth. It's very disturbing. Because mm -hmm. the brain doesn't, you know, in other words, there is a place where the brain takes a lot of information that, and the outside extension would be very, very different. But the brain turns it into one image, one picture. And when it doesn't see that picture, it causes a problem. There's that TED conference also, a good example here is that woman, that neuroscientist who had a stroke, where her right brain, her left brain was, had, was affected by a stroke, and the left brain, like Vuda, separates things. The left brain is what distinguishes a table, a chair. The right brain sees everything as a field of energy. And she said she couldn't even take a toothbrush, because without the right brain, without the left brain, you, you can't talk details. You understand I have to brush my teeth, but you don't know how to identify details. It would be like someone seeing the whole world as a bunch of, like, like think of it like one quilt with a whole bunch of pieces, and you can't grasp the pieces. Women and disabled children have that. Problem. Fascinating talk. Yeah. Mom, I mean, completely science. It's a field of energy, she calls it. Everything is a field of energy. So you see a bottle of this, they're all like one flow. Different things. But like all part of one, it's like looking at a painting instead of looking at pieces. So Chassidus says, when you hear something, you build it piece by piece. He sees it, but not in 3D. <laughs> and then seeing it, you see it. Anyway, the point it's is, so there's a state here. So by Matan Teda, that was that state. And I thought he's going to be bringing up a Matan Teda. That's why you have Kishach <laughs> and Because the same reason. Even though they're different, but, but Matan Teda. It's also interesting how he says, 
that gili is it's, it's a beautiful way. Someone says, "What means gili Tell me what that means in my life. So it's gili means when your essential faculties are are radiating, and there can be this shameless and In other words, it's a way of what means a gili It's a gili of good nefesh. That's that. Okay. It's same species. What's what's the uh, theory that they see the same colors by the same sound? The same theory, because when it gets into the brain, why the same? Remember, the brain. The same color. Because the, because it's because color no because remember that because sound color. waves and air waves are very similar to each other. They're just two different waves. When you see something, you hear something. They're both waves yeah. flowing from the source to the the transmitter to the receiver. But you see, a visual is air waves that are bouncing off, and sound waves are sound waves. So air and sound waves are connected. They're waves. That's what everything becomes unified field theory today. Once you get into this, to this, to all of technology is this. Technology, you can sit. The fact that we can sit, contact anything, any access anything, anytime, anywhere, with space and time. This this is calculus. Space and time. Someone would say, how could I? It's a million miles away. It would take me years to get there. You're in Australia. Someone's in Australia, and, and they suddenly can have a television, and a split second, speed of light. Yeah. You see it here. That is a perfect example of some forces that are connecting things, even though on the outer level there's the space and time that separate, but there's something that there's going on that's very much faster, that can travel uh, quicker and. You know, almost instantaneous. So th th this is basically the the, the, the the manipulation of of the energy fields that are not visible um, to mm -hmm. us, but they're there. There's energy fields that connect the whole universe in, in, almost instantaneously. Now, speed of light is the ultimate limitation, according to Einstein, and, and so on. But but nevertheless, there's that type of you know, like for example, if something is hundreds of millions of miles away, for they're transmitting. We're getting messages now. Some of these uh, spaceships that they sent away 20 years ago, you get the message three, four years later, or whatever the amount of time, months later. So what you're seeing is no longer what's happened now. You're seeing what's, you know, like like the star, like what they call star years, uh, light, years. light years. I'm sorry, the speed of light. But the point I'm making here is all the technology. I mean, this is part of what I'd love to do here. This should be translated in simple, and then let's see people who understand technology translating technology. This is pure technology, energy and matter, yeah. energy and matter. That's for sure. Very cool. Yeah. Because I suggested you don't want to do the whole thing. You should stop here because this next. Paragraph, this parenthesis goes how far? It's only about three quarters down, and it's it's a bit complicated. It goes to analyze. When you start challenging me, I feel like I want to take it out. So. Okay, we'll stop here. It's, it's a long chapter, so this chapter we'll do in two parts. So we did okay. chapter 19, page 29, 30, to the top of 31.